This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omar Saleh and Hani Balkis on Pulse 95. Future Talk. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Balqisi, with Omnia Al-Saleh, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening around the world and in the UAE. And talking about the UAE, Omnia, we're talking about a vaccine trial, a UAE vaccine trial mm-hmm. that's turning to wearable technology. Yes, indeed. Now, we've seen wearables uh, increasingly being depended on during this pandemic, but now... Even those who are the brave hearts willing to try out uh, the UAE vaccine are definitely being monitored by using those wearable tech. All of their vitals are being uh, constantly supervised by healthcare professionals and we're going to be telling you all about it. But coming up on Future Talk as well, we're going to be telling you all about Google's newest tools that will be helping out parents who wish to go for the homeschooling option or learning from a distance this semester. Yes, Omnia, and also how to plan travel during the pandemic as well. Google is looking to help tools with that as well. Yes, indeed. And today is also going to be, uh, we're, we're going to be tackling a very interesting topic. We've seen 3D printing being heavily depended on during this pandemic, from 3D printing face masks to ventilator applicators. But what if I told you homes are even being 3D printed nowadays? And the very first home right here in Sharjah that was 3D printed actually is found at the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park. And today we're going to be joined by Haider Al Haidari, who is the project executive for Middle East Engineer Technologies that specializes in 3D printing. And they were actually partnering with Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park to make this dream come true. What is 3D printing? How were they able to build this home? And what does what makes these robots that were actually working on these homes uh, special, especially when it comes to social distancing construction workers? Yes, and what is the future of 3D printing and how we can utilize it to make a better world and a better Earth? Stay tuned right here on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse95. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the digital world, in the UAE and around the world. We are all excited right here in the UAE for the vaccine trials for the COVID-19 vaccine, the long-awaited vaccine against this deadly virus. But volunteers right here in the UAE who are choosing to go forth and You know, they are the brave hearts who are trying this vaccine out, are now being offered a free fitness tracker alongside the vaccine. And the reason behind it is to constantly monitor all of their vital signs and make sure that everything is in check. And we've seen during this pandemic that wearables and fitness trackers have been increasingly Uh, they're they're being more and more used to either detect the virus or ensure that people are recovering well. And little do we know, these very small vital signs that fitness trackers uh, are keeping track of in terms of sleeping patterns, in terms of our heart rate, can actually sometimes uh, give a lot of hints to healthcare professionals whether or not someone has actually caught the virus. That it, it's actually believed to be the first time wearable technology is actually being used in the clinical trials for a vaccine against COVID-19 coronavirus. And obviously, with the UAE, it's always a first in everything. But the development does stem, actually, 
from a partnership between Abu Dhabi's G42, which is an AI and data company, along with Boston-based wearable technology firm, Whoop. Now, all volunteer vaccine centers at Abu Dhabi's natural, uh, National Exhibition Center and the Al-Qarayan Center in Sharjah are eligible for the tracker. So you can go to Al-Qarayan in Sharjah to get that wearable tracker. For those who don't know where Al-Qarayan is exactly, it is near University City. You'll see mm-hmm. Matajar. It's in that area and you'll have still a big sign that says oh, oh, uh, the clinical trials are there for that uh, that wearable. But uh, it does come as health officials did say that around 15,000 vol- volunteers had actually registered for the COVID-19 vaccine trial right here in the UAE. 15,000 is a big number, Omnia. Yes, indeed. And we've definitely been seeing a lot of advancements when it comes to uh, hopefully a COVID-19 vaccine coming right out of the UAE. But giving volunteers an opportunity to use such wearable tech and the type of wearable that uh, they're all using is the Whoopstrap 3.0 wearable device. I like device. the name of it. Whoop. I know. It's like very, uh, very edgy. Um, but this is definitely going to be giving them the ability to check on several daily health points all at once and uh, as I've mentioned before the COVID-19 pandemic has definitely caused a lot of us to start trusting those wearable technology when it comes to healthcare. Um, and as uh, we know you know this is one of the very first wearables to be used in this pandemic and when it comes to vaccine trials now Omnia speaking about that whoop wearable technology it's, it's a wor- worn on the wrist I believe yes now actually I've seen a lot of uh, people on Instagram have it already but using it as a fitness tracker. It is. It is yeah. typically used as a fitness tracker. Sheikh Hamdan Marraj, the Maktoum, Crown Prince of, of Dubai, he wears it as well. Oh, no way. I yes, know. he's been wearing it as well. I've seen it on his Instagram. Uh, you guys know Fazza. I've seen it mm-hmm. on his Instagram. And it's just really cool how we can use wearable technology to fight COVID-19. We've obviously been seeing a lot of technology being used against COVID-19 and, and it's, thankfully it's, it's been mm, working. It's actually been very effective even when it comes to detecting the virus. So beginning in March, uh, the company Whoop actually reported that a lot of patients who had COVID-19 who tested positive, the app was able to predict that something was off in their vitals weeks before they actually found out that they had mm. the virus itself. Yeah, because of the irregular heart rate, uh, heart, heart beat, uh, sleeping, cholesterol, all these do come in factor because uh, unfortunately the coronavirus, COVID-19, it does give a lot of complications on the body. But what are we talking about Google and how they're launching plans to help people actually plan travel during this pandemic? We all know <laughs> that travel has came to a halt for a while yeah. during this pandemic to reduce uh, the, the spread of COVID-19. But Google is coming out here and saying, listen, I'm trying to help everyone with school and students and school, but for travel as well, Google has put their hand in the pot and saying, listen, let's plan this travel during the pandemic. Yes, indeed. As restrictions begin to lift right here in the UAE, we are lucky to once again welcome tourists uh, to our beautiful country. Google is actually also updating its system to make sure that all the information about travel resuming is now easily found on Google search. So uh, once you actually look up any specific country, you'll be able to see the percentage of open hotels. You'll be able to see all the flights available at the city or uh, the state let's say if you're going to the united mm-hmm. states that you are going to and this is all as part of google uh, their option the google flights and hotel data that they are launching on their website yes i mean now this is very important why may you ask because obviously flights and hotels have resumed 
to let's say normal uh, working, mm-hmm. but there's a certain capacity that these flights and hotels will accommodate. So Google coming out and saying, hey, listen, uh, if the hotel is 75% capacity or 50% or whatever, mm-hmm. it's going to show you that percentage so you can know. Uh, also, it's a peace of mind if you want a, a hotel that has a low capacity yeah. or you just don't care. It's a peace of mind that Google is giving you that information but omnia oh google is already automatically actually mm-hmm. supplying information on covid19 travel advisories or restrictions when people do search for hotels places and information on specific destinations and you can find that out if you go to google.com slash travel 100 and they're also launching new features like links to uh, finding out let's see the covid19 number of cases in a specific country as well as uh, they're adding a new tool that will let you search for rooms or mm-hmm. hotels that will offer free cancellation policies now this is definitely a very important factor especially when it comes to traveling during this time and age it is an uncertain time and with that comes the ability to be flexible when it's when it comes to booking hotel rooms or even when it comes to making a travel plan and buying that travel ticket yes omnia now i'm we're starting <laughs> to learn how to cope with covid19 and how to live with it until we do find that vaccine and google has been doing a great job the uae has been doing a great job very thankful and be, very blessed to be here to witness all of this great planning and great leadership. 100%. Let us know if you would actually go ahead and check out Google's latest tools if you're planning your next trip to your home country or any other country as travel restrictions ease. But coming up on Future Talk, we have a very interesting topic that we're going to be discussing all about 3D printing happening right here in Sharjah, more specifically at the Sharjah Research, Technology and Innovation Park. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omar Saleh and Hani Balkis on Pulse 95. If you're into tech and you tend to scroll through your social medias on any given day, chances are you've definitely come across something related to 3D printing technology. From 3D printed face masks to ventilator applicators, we've seen it all, but the newest one has got to be 3D printed homes. And right here in Sharjah, we are lucky to be able to celebrate the very first 3D printed home that was built at the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park. Joining us today is Haydar Al-Haydari, who is the project executive for Middle East Engineer Technologies that specializes in 3D printing technology. Recently, they partnered with Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park to make what was once a dream become a reality. Welcome to the show, Haydar. Thank you very much. Uh, Welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you very much. It's an honor. Uh, to kickstart off the conversation, walk us through what is 3D printing? Right, so in a general sense, 3D printing refers to what um, you probably might have heard more technically appropriate term, additive manufacturing, which is where we take an object and we slice it into layers mm-hmm. and then we add one layer on top of the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these layers, you know, when you compile them together, you get the object that you wanted. Um, this is very useful because you could use Um, technology, you can use robots, you can use machines to make this object, no matter what Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And you don't need any human intervention. Um, I think this 3D printing has been uh, around for a long time, but what we're here, what we're concerned about here is the 3D concrete printing. So we took Mm -hmm. 3D printing, which was used in plastics, 
and we we applied the same technology in concrete and in construction mm-hmm. and that's the the breakthrough that uh, could change the face of construction mm-hmm. it's interesting that you mentioned this because uh, We, we've, as you mentioned, we've heard of 3D printing before. We've seen it, especially during this pandemic, being accelerated in terms of adoption. But uh, how does 3D printing in construction work differ from the traditional forms of construction that many people have definitely come across uh, on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I mean, uh, 3D concrete printing has a lot of advantages. I mean... Um, we can start with uh, it saves a lot of time because the robots don't get tired they keep <laughs> working they can work forever and for hours a day yes um, and especially some of the industrial robots like the robot we have at the Middle East Engineering Technology um, uh, company here we have an ABB robot and ABB is known um, to have very um, robust robots mm-hmm. they don't break down they don't even need servicing they They are more durable than cars. Invincible. <laughs> yes, they are really, they, they are tested in very harsh environments. Um, so you don't have sick leaves, you don't have, a lot of that is gone. I mean, um, you also have the accuracy that's typical in mm. technology. Mm-hmm. Computers are more accurate than human beings. Very little mistakes. Very little mistakes. So once you simulate whatever you want to build, you simulate the house, for example, on the computer, Pretty much that's what you're going to get in real life. Mm-hmm. Compared to conventional construction, what the architecture, what the architect envisions and what he designs on his laptop is far from what actually mm-hmm. happens on life. Mm-hmm. It, it goes through many stages of, uh, you know, changing and eventually you get something completely different. So uh, this is this is another advantage. Now, Haydar, I, have, I have a question. Now, uh, without the assembly, just printing uh, the, the materials to build that house, how long would that take? A basic house. Well, the robot, you know, for us, we run the robots at 500 millimeters per second. Mm. Mm. Um, we can build at that speed maybe one of these walls in this studio in just under two hours. Mm. Oh, wow. So, so a whole home would so be... So the home we built at the Sharjah Research Technology Innovation Park, the walls of the home, uh, they were built in just two weeks, about two mm. weeks. Fantastic. Yeah. So the And whole home took how long to build? The home would... It has a lot of other aspects mm. to it that are difficult to uh, really put a number on. Yeah. Um, you know... So foundations, the roof, that's still typical construction. So that's still uh, something else. But we're talking about the technology itself, mm-hmm. the 3D concrete mm-hmm. printing mm-hmm. technology. Now, now, obviously, a question does come into mind about can these structures withstand earthquakes or even high wind speeds? Yes. Um, so as a first step, I mean, obviously, ideally, we want the robots to build the entire house um, from scratch in a completely uh, innovative way. Mm. But we can't get to that step immediately because it's people's lives here. Mm. You know, the people's lives are involved here. So we take it step by step. At this stage, we have what's sort of a hybrid between conventional construction mm. and 3D concrete printing and what technolo- the n- latest technology has to offer. So the structure of the house is conventional. It's mm-hmm. what's been tried and tested for centuries, for you know, past 200, 300 years. 
So yes, it can withstand earthquakes. Yes, it can withstand wind. It's just like a traditional house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, now that we're talking about the house that is found at the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park, can you tell us a little bit about its design? Because living right here in the UAE, you come across two different designs. It's either the high skyscrapers or uh, the traditional Emirati culture that is reflected in the architect uh, or the architectural design. So on what end, uh, on what, which of the both ends does this house lie? Absolutely. I mean, um, meat was formed with the client in mind. Mm. It's not just purely a research company. It's uh, we took research from the labs and the university and we said, let's try and make a product that we deliver to the customer. Mm-hmm. And with that, when we keep the client in mind, we try and deliver what the client likes. And that's his tradition, mm-hmm. his culture. So we, uh, the house that we built at, at uh, the Sharjah Research Technology Innovation Park is a traditional house, a mm-hmm. traditional Emirati house, such that it appeals to the clients and people can well feel like home (laughs) (laughs) definitely and this is exactly what we're going to be coming back to talk about more about the house what does it involve how long did it take to build it but also how are those robots uh, reducing manual error and also giving the architect a lot more freedom and fun fact ladies and gentlemen these houses actually involve students and researchers from AUS so you got students and researchers from the (laughs) American University in Sharjah pitching in and help creating these houses. Yes, indeed. If you have any questions for Mr. Haider Al-Haidari, please send them in at 4215-DUR-IKTISALAT or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Future Talk. Future Talk. With Omiyal Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse95. 10 years ago, people were talking about 3D printed uh, concrete like it was going to be a far-fetched dream. It was only theoretical, but just a few years ago, we were able to celebrate the very first 3D printed villas. And now, right here in Sharjah, we have our very own 3D printed home that is found at the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park. This reality was brought to life by Haider Al-Haidari, who is the project executive for Middle East engineer technologies that specializes in 3d printing and their latest project was actually a partnership with the Sharjah research technology and innovation park bringing to life a very emirati or a, a home that actually reflects the emirati culture uh, welcome once again to the show uh, haidar and a question that comes to mind uh, now that we've discussed uh, the design of the house and how it reflects the emirati culture do you believe that using 3d printing actually gives more freedom to the architect to be able to express themselves and their designs or does it also place limitations on how far can they go when it comes to designing a certain home absolutely i think um, yes definitely the robot will give architectural freedom to the architect because the architect doesn't need to depend on um, a team of for example carpenters to make the formwork that will Mm. take the shape he doesn't need to depend on the skills of so many people, other people down the line from his work. Um, he just needs to make sure that the object, the wall, the whatever he needs, he's printing is structurally sound on his computer. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then he sends that to the robot. And the only thing he needs to worry about is if there is power to the robot and the robot actually you know, makes his dream come true. <laughs> uh, so there, there is, yes, in that sense, there is more... 
uh, architectural freedom. But he still depends on uh, three, the 3D printing process is not just the robot. It's the robot, it's the mixing system, it's the materials. Um, it's multidisciplinary. It's not just one discipline. Mm. So he still depends on the team. He still depends on the material, if the material can uh, achieve the requirements that he wants. Now, Haydar, this brings into question, since we're talking about automation, what does this mean for humans, normal construction workers, the traditional construction, because now we're talking about 3D printing and how a robot can do much of it. And when we talk about automation, the first question that comes in mind is that what will happen to these jobs since automation will make it easier and obviously take over as we did discuss the benefits of automation. So what happens to these jobs? Um, first of all, we have to understand that automation can be implemented in many levels. You don't just have the highest level of automation from day one. Um, at the moment, the state of 3D printing is that the automation is somewhere in the middle mm. where uh, you don't have a complete loss of jobs. The robot mm. doesn't work entirely on its own, although you could. You could lock it up in a cage and then from your office send it the order of the house and it will print it and you don't need anything uh, you don't need any human interference. That is possible. But uh, at the moment, that's not the case. So you do have human interaction. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing because before workers, construction workers, they used to carry the bricks and mm -hmm. uh, heavy materials, uh, you know, with, with their human power. Now they have a robot to do the heavy lifting for them. Now they just, their job is, uh, is changed and now mm -hmm. it's, it's pushing buttons. Mm -hmm. So it makes their lives easier. Mm -hmm. So, so, so obviously, uh, like you said, when when uh, when jobs do get created, jobs some jobs come to an end, but obviously jobs do get created. And I'd like to believe that the new jobs would be, for example, supervising a set a group of robots or supervising Correct. whether or not the material is good enough to be built. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Correct. The jobs will change nature. Mm. There will be less labor and more um, technical supervision, like mm -hmm. you said. Mm -hmm. You know. 100%. And, uh, you know, mentioning automation, a question comes to mind is during the coronavirus pandemic, we've witnessed a lot of jobs or a lot of um, projects come to halt. And my question is, with a robot carrying out the 3D printing process, would that actually make, let's say, social distancing between the robot and human laborers become a lot easier and uh, much more of a reality than before? Because we do know at a construction site, human laborers if no robots are involved they are at a quite close proximity to one another just because this is the nature of the job so how does this uh, image shift with the use of a 3d printing robot yes i mean the robot is introducing another machine element into the workforce mm -hmm. and you can it's just it just pushes people away from each other i mean physically um, because you have a robot now in the middle. Mm -hmm. So yes, it would it would definitely help in social distancing uh, it at the corona time. Mm. Does it reduce the amount of laborers that would be needed definitely. with that robot? Definitely. So yes. how, if we want to envision it, how many human laborers would be m in need to monitor, let's say, one 3D printing robot? When we were doing the meat project, mm -hmm. um, we had about four operators around the robot. Mm. And these four operators were doing everything with the wall mm. so in that includes the electric uh, lines that includes the plumbing the switches so it's just four people multidisciplinary team and uh, the start of printing they get involved 
But at two hours later, the wall is complete. All the you know plumbing, everything is complete, and mm-hmm. that's it. It's just four people. Mm-hmm. Wow. You don't need normally. You would have the mason do his part of the work, and then uh, the structural guy will come and check on his part of the mm-hmm. work, and mm-hmm. then the plumbing guy will come and probably break <laughs> down what the mason <laughs> did just to do his part of the work. It's so, I mean it's it's interesting that you mentioned this because this brings me to the question of human error. You know, we've. A lot of people have definitely witnessed human errors done in their homes, whether it was... I mean, I can tell you from personal experience, when my parents built their home, it was like manual error of cabinets not opening because another was built to block the first one. So how does the use of a 3D printed robot reduce manual error? And can we put that into a percentage, let's say? Well, first of all, I mean... Yes, robots make less errors than mm. human because, like you said, we don't, they don't get tired. Mm. Um, and they are, their accuracy is higher. Mm. But more than that, I think a very important point is that robots are not intelligent. And we know that. <laughs> and that's good. And that's a good thing because nobody expects the robot to correct your mistake. Mm. So as engineers, we are forced to think about future problems from the beginning. We can't pass the blame on down to somebody else because down the line is just the robot and the robot wouldn't care if you pass the blame on to him. Go- going back to your point about having less people on a single project. Now, for example, you'll need eight, uh, eight people on a traditional construction of a house, but now you need four people. So building houses can be quicker and faster and you can have more houses built in the same amount of time because of 3D printing. Correct. I mean... Uh, Houses is a complex uh, project. Mm. It's not a simple project. It doesn't just involve concrete. It involves many materials, many disciplines. So uh, just to not um, give any false information out there, there is that, that the duration it takes to build a house is complex. Mm. But we're, what we're talking about here is the concrete part. Mm. You know, and that's what the robot's doing. And yes, that saves time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we were comparing, for example, the, the meat project, the... Uh, the robot was replacing the brickwork uh, that would otherwise be done by masons. Mm. And that time was reduced by 70%. Mm. Oh, wow. If we just compare the brickwork, and that's, I think, the best way to do it. You, you shouldn't look at the time it takes to make the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mm. should look at what the robot specialized in. Yes. yes, what the robot's particularly replacing. And yes, it's, it's, it saves considerable amounts of time. And alongside saving time, we also have saving materials. So what, how much material does uh, three, using 3D printing actually save when it comes to constructing a home? As well as how could this technology one day be used in humanitarian relief? All this and more is going to be coming up in just a few moments. If you have any question, make sure you send them in at 4215-DOR-IT-DESALAT or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll and be we'll right back. back. This is Pulse95. Future Talk with Omni Al Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95. The talk of the hour has been all about 3D printing and the future and how efficient and time uh, time efficient it is in general. So why not bring an expert? We have Haydar Al-Haydari with us in this studio giving us all we need to know about 3D printing and how the future is going to look with 3D printing. Yes, indeed. And Haider actually was the project executive uh, at Middle East Engineer Technologies uh, that specializes in 3D printing. He witnessed 
the bringing, upbringing of the first 3D printed home right here in Sharjah at the Sharjah Technology Innovation Park. And we want to ask you a little bit about how efficient 3D printing can be in terms of materials. So we talked a little bit about how time efficient it could be, how cost effective based on how you see it. It's a lot more complicated than we think. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about how sustainable it can be for the environment. So in terms of material, would it cost and uh, would a house need less materials by using 3D printing versus traditional uh, construction methods? Yes. Um, when we look at the the sustainable impact that materials or, or houses have mm. on the environment, we're looking at three things. We're looking at um, the amount of the material that's used, the environmental impact of the material itself, and the life of the material. Mm -hmm. And the amount of material in 3D concrete printing is obviously reduced mm -hmm. because we only use as much material as we need. Mm -hmm. Nothing's wasted. We don't order an 8 meter cube truck of concrete and then use 2 and dump 6. We don't do that. Um, exactly how much concrete we need, we use. Um, so that's one way of saving material. Another way of saving material is in structural elements. Sometimes in structural elements we need uh, to place concrete in particular places mm. but in conventional um, construction that's a little bit difficult or it's easier to actually just put the concrete everywhere so we can actually put the material put the concrete exactly where we need it with 3d concrete printing mm. so we get to save material mm -hmm. also the 3d concrete printing material itself it is more durable than uh, most of the construction materials that are being used currently uh, in the industry so the time, the, the lifetime of the project increases. So again, we're reducing the sustainability impact of the material. Um, the material that we're using currently, the material that we use in the Sharjah uh, house, uh, that is, um, it's, a sustain it's a green material. Mm. It is not the normal uh, Portland cement that is used normally in construction mm. projects. So that has a lower carbon footprint on its own. Mm. So in all three aspects, we are reducing it's the a win -win. environmental I, I, impact. Yes. And I'd like to think the material has better durability now. Yes, yes. So the I mean, better durability translates to a longer lifetime of the project. I so love this. Th there, I mean, there you have it. It's a win-win situation. Um, a question for you, Haidar, uh, that I personally want to know your opinion on. A lot of people and specialists tend to think that it's very difficult for 3D printing to fully replace traditional construction methods. What's your take on it? Do you feel like it is a possibility in the near future that traditional construction methods will be out the window and we will only use 3D printing? I think it's a step-by-step -step process. I think the first step is to have 3D concrete printing as a viable method of construction mm -hmm. that's universally accepted. Once we get to that step, the theoretical advantages like we spoke about, they are there. Mm -hmm. And I don't see a problem um, yes, there are technical issues, and yes, the research is still happening. But we have, in all our technology, in, in not just construction, everywhere, nothing has stopped us. You know, we have found solutions for all our problems. So I'm sure, why not? Why not? It is truly magnificent to see how much 3D printing has actually changed the world and changed Sharjah. And I'd like to thank you for providing us brilliant insights on 3D printing. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. And uh, just to wrap up uh, this 
Very interesting conversation.、Uh, we've definitely seen around the world、uh, countries that are struggling when it comes to、uh, destructions of homes. One of them recently being Beirut and、uh, the disaster that happened there that has costed a lot of people their homes. And a question that comes to mind could 3D printing actually be one day used for humanitarian relief? Would it be easier, let's say, to send to、uh, Beirut? A 3D printed, 3D printing robot、uh, along with its team versus sending in an entire construction team with no robots that would do 3D printing. Absolutely,、uh, the robot itself would need fewer people to operate,、mm. and you can send in a team of three to four people with a robot, and they can build a house.、Uh, but it's like you said, it's very difficult to send an entire construction company to build the house. And also with research, I mean, research is is very heavy in this field, and with Time, I think the material costs will drastically drop,、mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when that happens, the baseline、uh, for the baseline cost of houses will drop.、Mm. And in such s- scenarios where we need to have houses quick and cheap, 3D concrete printing will be the ultimate choice. Amazing. There you have it. Amazing. Uh, I'm 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 I love when we talk about technology and how it's going to benefit the world. And 3D printing, actually, since the start of this pandemic, we've seen it being used in medicine uh, because of because of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, a surge in 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 wanting for masks and face shields. And we've seen 3D 3D printing do it all. And now we're talking about construction, building a new life. Yes, indeed, and especially when we're talking all around the world, I think. The world could definitely benefit from using 3D printing to help rebuild people's homes and to also enjoy its environmental benefits. Right here in Sharjah and in the UAE, Haider Al Haideri, Project Executive、uh, at Meet. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been、It's、such an honor. an honor to get to speak to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. To everyone tuning in to us right now, thank you so much for lending us your ears for this hour. Future Talk is coming to an end, but we will be back same time, same place tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m. Until then, we're going to be opening the airwaves for the only place to be at 3, the halftime show with Ahmed Adouri. Yes, indeed. Everything you need to know about mental, mental health, physical health, gut health is with Ahmed Adouri. So stay tuned right here only on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.